Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by... Yo, what's up? Highlight your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And folks, the journey continues. Oh, boy. (laughs) Week three of our annual Mother May I series, where we... View films that haven't necessarily been reviewed that well, either by reviewers or by our own personal experience, but we subject ourselves to these films for your benefit. Yes, we do. On this episode, 1993's Who's the Man? Mm-hmm. Starring Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, comma, no, not that Dr. Dre. <laughs> In a hip-hop comedy mystery cavalcade of cameos and extended appearances by a who's who of 90s hip-hop. Yes. But before we get to that, as usual, our favorite portion of the show, feedback. Is it our favorite portion? I mean, I like reviewing the movie. I know. I know. Was this our favorite portion? portion of this show it almost certainly <laughs> most certainly <laughs> and and promises to be the longest um <laughs> last week for mother may i we reviewed uh 1985's rapping we did starring mario van peoples kadeem hardison eric lasalle and an a short cameo by ice t he was who apparently was making his way through all of the hip hop movies of the eighties and early nineties. <laughs> lot of iced tea. Lot of iced tea in this this month. <laughs> anyway, um, we got feedback on that review. Okay. Uh, Azor Risbrook. Hey, what's up, Azor? Simply gave us a gift of a standing ovation. <laughs> well, 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 thank you, Azor. All that we do, we do for you. Damon Williams. Ah, what's up, bro? I know that name. Yeah. He says, you know a movie is bad when you remember it being awful when you were a kid. Yes, that is true. He was indeed a child. I was probably sitting next to him when he saw it the first time. Rappin' was one of those movies I thought was a cable-only release. It was that bad. Yes, yes, Worse was. was that it came out around the same time as movies like Crush Groove and Beat Street that had actual rappers. It, yes, they did. Anthony Sterling said, dear... What's up, Anthony? Dear Lord, one of the greatest black films of all time is finally being recognized by the mission. Respect shall be put on John Rappin Hood's blessed name. Something tells me his tongue was in his cheek. I should hope so. As he wrote that, Robert Monroe wrote, What's up, Robert? Less than five minutes into this episode, and I know this is going to be a good one because Vince is laughing <laughs> as me laughing so hard I'm crying. It, we laugh so that we don't cry. And Markham Lee. What's left, up, Markham? Left us uh, more than a few thoughts. Okay. On this episode. Number one. Number one. Don't play with my emotions. Uh Uh-uh. You know full well that if Robert Monroe and I start writing musings, you'll have content for the next 10 years by August. I tell you what. I'll say it publicly. I dare you. And keep waiting. Listen to this. That was the gauntlet I just threw down. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Number two. 
Melvin, as in Melvin Van Peoples, yes. is a legend in certain circles, oh, but I don't know how go. many doors his name was opening in Hollywood in the 80s. Okay. Especially since he only directed one movie that decade, and the rest of his IMDb is minor roles here and there. There is a reason Mario was in a movie for the Golden Globus D team. <laughs> I mean, was anyone in Hollywood thinking, I should put Mario on? On so that his father will give me first look at the next movies he writes or directs? Answer, no. Oh, that's terrible. Ma- Mario. <laughs> I.e., he wasn't out here skating on his dad's name like a certain Coppola. Uh-oh. Mario, Mario isn't incredibly talented, but I give him credit for getting New Jack City made, which is better than Sweetback by Light Years, as well as Panther and Posse. Also, he could have been incredibly talented and had the same career because, you know, this is America and he's black. Melvin could have been winning Oscars and making blockbusters in the 80s and 90s, could have super talented kid, and they still struggle because America and they're black and in Hollywood. That's Hey, that's real. That's real talk there, Markle. Um, you should write about that. Oh, see what I did there? I see exactly what you did. I see exactly what you did. Uh, let's see. Damon Williams also wrote back saying that I did myself a solid and watched rapping for the first time since the 80s, and it's worse than I remember. Mm. I have to agree with Len about a few things, though. Okay. It was great seeing an early Ice-T rhyming the way we'd come to know him over an old Fat Boys beat. Right. Then there was the Force MD's performance that I had also forgotten was in the movie. I swear I thought it was in Crush Groove. I feel like the talent portion was the only part worth watching. This was a bad, bad movie. They owe the city of Pittsburgh and every legit (laughs) rapper ever an apology. That's right. Because we got family in Pittsburgh. So we took that personally. And um, George Camona. What's up, George? <clears throat> who listens to our show via his favorite portal being SoundCloud. Okay. Where he can leave his comments in time. In real time. In real time. So he, along with MC Picket Fence, I should mention. who hey, what's also up, MC Picket Fence? On uh, SoundCloud. So I almost I, called MC Picket Fence by his by his government, but I'm not going to do that. Don't do that to him. he signed it. Right. That's right. So. I will read their comments in real time. In real time. With the show. We'll try and backtrack and see what they were talking about. George Kimona at 12 minutes and 35 seconds. I'm going to need you to go easy on Sheila E. I mean easy. Did we say something? What did we say I about Sheila E? I don't remember saying much about Sheila E. Is he talking about us? Apparently we, we were. MC Picket Fence at 13 minutes and 51 seconds says that, yes, losing ground should be good, saying yeah. a review of Lucy yeah, Brown. Oh yeah. yeah, that's coming up. Coming up. Uh, George Kimona at 18 minutes and 38 seconds. What about Alien? It's horror in space. Absolutely. So is Alien more sci-fi or more horror? I think it is, because I actually mentioned the thing. Like, like mm-hmm. these conversations always go to Alien and the thing. And... I say science fiction mm-hmm. just because I'm a science fiction dude. Right. So science fiction is always going to trump any other genre that it's it's blended or, or melded with. But, you know, obviously Alien and, and The Thing are, are horror movies as well. They are. But see, like The Thing I see as 
horror first, sci-fi second. Alien, I see as exact opposite. I see Alien as sci-fi first, horror second. Now, why? Because they have like almost. I mean, obviously, Alien is in space. And Maybe it's, it's the because future, Alien is in got space. That, but it's sort of the same. True, but maybe it is because Alien is in space, so it has that setting, right? As well, and also the 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 forward thinking of the future, right? Being wrapped around it, um, as opposed to the the thing, which is takes place. In, in our day, right, in right, our right, time, right, and right. it's all about finding an alien here, right? You know, so I think that's I think that's why. I, I don't get me wrong; it's probably a sixty forty split right. on both of them. Right, it's just that I think that Alien leads leans more into the sci fi as opposed to thing, which leans more into the the thrill and horror. Okay. Of, of it all. Okay. And I'll, let me just in, indulge me if we're talking about horror and science fiction. I've mentioned it before, uh, any of our comic book readers. Shout out to Christopher Goodnight. The Outer Darkness mm. by John uh, Richardson and the artist Afua Richardson is my absolute favorite comic series of the past couple of years. And it's science fiction horror. Like it's set on a spaceship, and it's like, and and it's real. Like I, I feel like a collection should be coming out any day now. Okay, but Outer Darkness is fantastic, mm. and it really scratches that alien slash thing, the thing itch that some people have. I'm a huge Afula Richardson fan, and yet I will not be buying that book because I'm I'm not in the horror comic books. Okay, fair enough. Like I said, it's science fiction horror. I hear you. So it's I like just, Event Horizon. Just, just an, okay, the, fair the, enough. Com, com, horror comic books just don't do it for me. Okay, fair enough. 21 minutes and 33 seconds. 21 minutes. George Carmona said, yes, they, you know George. Yeah. He's a loquacious fellow. <laughs> uh, 21 minutes and 33 seconds. He says, isn't that the plot to Disorderlies? They were pulling from every place. Right, right, right. For right, rapping, right. George. Right. 25 minutes and 50 seconds. He said he offers us an invitation. Okay. He says the next time that we're in New York, we can go by the liquor store where where he gets off the bus and tries to kill himself. It's around the corner from where the pizza shop in the Last Dragon used to be. Where who got out? Who tried to kill himself? Not a clue. I, okay. George Komoda continues at thirty-two minutes and nineteen <laughs> seconds. He says you do mean a deaf cult, correct? Okay. Okay. Yes, 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 I did. Yes, you do. And at an hour and 26 minutes, 51 seconds. Yes. George Kimona, uh signs off by saying, bullet, that sounds like a shotgun blast. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, George. Thank you for the commentary. And MC Pickett fan. And MC Pickett fan. And, and Damon and... And uh, Robert and Markham and Lennon and everyone else. Who, and who everyone else. Gave us their feedback. Thank you. We always, always appreciate it. On rapping. Who boy. All right. Um, real quick. I w- we need to give some, some props to some of our more uh, famous Michelle missionaries out there. First, mad love to... Uh, Dorian Missick. Yes! Dorian Missick, who has landed a role 
in the 50 Cent produced legal drama for life. Yes. That will be coming your way. I was about to say, it was picked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Hour-long drama um, uh, created by Hank Steinberg and 50 Cent is a serialized legal and family drama inspired by the life of Isaac Wright Jr. about a prisoner who becomes a lawyer litigating cases for other inmates while... fighting to overturn his own life sentence for a crime he didn't commit. The show will star Nicholas Pinnock, uh, Indira Varma, um, sorry. All right. (laughs) Joy Bryant, Glenn Fleshler. I like Joy Bryant. Tyler Harris, Mary Stewart Masterson, Mm -hmm. Boris MacGyver, and I'm burying the lead. Our own Dorian Missick. Yes. I also saw the the trailer for the movie that he was telling us about last time we saw him. The Brian is it Brian Banks? Oh yeah. The Brian Banks film that's coming out that looks really interesting. Uh and looking forward to that as well. So, you know, keep doing your thing, Dorian. Do You're our favorite thing. kind of actor. A working actor. I know that's right. But apparently that's a working household. Team Missick keeps the checks coming in. Because Simone Missick has moved from fighting crime to enforcing criminal justice in the new CBS-ordered series, All Rise. Congratulations. As reported by uh, Black Girl Nerds, uh, Deadline reported that Missick will play Lola Carmichael, who a deputy district attorney who, over the course of her impressive career, was known to be independent, formidable, and occasionally wildly impulsive. Hmm, they must have took a a peek at Simone's Instagram feed <laughs> when they did their casting. As a newly appointed judge, Lola suddenly has more power. That's the last thing Simone needs. It's more <laughs> power. All power to Simone. We welcome our Simone overlords. <laughs> All Rise will also be hitting um, screens on CBS and CBS All Access. Excellent. Uh, this fall, Simone who I I suppose may not be coming out on the on the the mission anytime soon because she's going to be doing uh All Rise and as you know she also joined Anthony Mackie yes and it's going to be a series regular in the Alter second Carbon, season that's right. of Alter Carbon yes so I don't know if we're going to be I don't know if we're going to see uh, Simone on the mission anytime hey, man. soon Simone door look if look I love when they're too busy. I love them. I you do. Know? Love them, love them, love them. Congratulations. 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 It is, is well earned for yes. both of you. So very happy for you. Very, very happy. Have you, do you, like, I don't know how often you get on Instagram. Probably not as much as I should. I follow them. I mean, I follow them, but I don't really, like, I'm. I check it out. Like, maybe once a week I'll pop it open and look. Now, first of like, all. Like, maybe. They're both fashionistas of course on instagram of course right i mean like you know and and they they rock what they wear absolutely they kill it but i'm gonna give like i mean simone gets mad props she puts a picture up 10 seconds later 17,000 likes of course people love simone i'm gonna give dorian some mad props right here (laughs) because i've tried to rock the beanie look. <laughs> I can't pull it off. That's advanced hatology. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. In every picture this brother is in, 
he's rocking a different beanie. And it works. He works. Yeah, yeah, true. He, wor- he, he works it, man. So, there you go. Yo, so Dorian, keep doing it, a dog. A bon vivant and a renaissance, man. That's what he is. He's a bon vivant. All right. So anyway, so th- so we wanted to just show some love their way to to those missionaries doing great work. Uh, let's see. Since we're talking about TV news, I don't know if you saw this because uh, reading through Deadline, that Fox Networks recently just announced a swath of cancellations. I saw that. They have I canceled. Saw that. Lethal Weapon, yeah, which, which starred which, uh, Damian Wayans. Damian Wayans, but I feel like everybody on the set of Lethal Weapon wanted to get canceled. So, well, I feel like it, 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 it kind of whatever mojo the series had. And I wasn't a fan of the show, right. but whatever mojo it, it had, kind of like got lost when the, its co lead it fell into some problems. Right. Um, so they canceled that. Yeah. They canceled Rel. Uh, yeah, after one season, little, uh, Rel Howery. Yeah. Uh, they canceled Proven Innocent, which starred Russell Hornsby. Yeah, another. I think it was like another legal. Yeah, show. and that's a shame. They canceled The Cool Kids, which starred Martin Mull and David Allen Greer. And yeah, I think Vicky Lawrence was. Yeah, in that I was about well. to say Vicky Lawrence is. Yeah, and Lee Daniels star. I saw that. Um, it, now it says the star is ending after three seasons, and I think this—I think they're in the midst of their third season, so maybe this is going to be the last season. Okay, uh, I saw uh, you know the the star people are few, but they're passionate. They and, are, and I saw that the star people were not happy about this. That's the Queen Latifah's in, I yeah, that's the, the Queen right? Latifah show. Um, and then they also announced that next season, the sixth season, right, will be the final season of Empire for Empire, which I have to say. I'm I'm amazed Empire has gone six seasons. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it had those kind of legs. Okay. Like, I really did. I mean, I stopped watching it probably after the third season. Mm. And quite honestly, a lot of that was just habit, even right. watching it. So, so I'm impressed they could, you know, keep it going that long, frankly. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Do you think, because Empire of all these shows... It's the only one, especially with a sixth season, depending on how many episodes they do in that sixth season. Right. May have enough to make it to syndication, even though syndication is not what it used to be. Right. Right. Well, do you think it's got syndication? It, you know, I think I don't know if that's really fair because just just the, the type of show it is. I don't know if if a soap opera really works. It's syndication. It's syndication. Right? Yeah, you, I don't think so. Either. You know, I think you, you you see sometimes they've tried it with shows like Dynasty, mm-hmm. where they'll show old episodes of Dallas, and it just doesn't gel. Like there's something about the alchemy of it being a soap opera, and you don't know what's going to happen. The irony, of course, is that I love reruns of soap. The, the the TV the, show the spoof so. the spoof yes yeah, soap which was the early eighties spoof of soap operas. The irony of is that right behind you, I have the entire series of, of soap. soap. Very nice. I'd be even more impressed if you had Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 I'm good. I'm good on Mary. You didn't like Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Um, something about Louise uh, Lassiter. I think I forget her last name. No. I liked her because this was during the 70s where there were a lot of people on television 
who didn't look like they should have been on television. And she was one. And it's like, how are you on television? Yeah. But I kind of like that, though. I did. I mean, yeah. I like the show because it introduced me to Martin Mall. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so. then they did Fernwood Tonight. I, I'm not. I don't, Fernwood Tonight was the sequel. I, I, I don't know much of I remember it now. It was that like you a, it was like it. a talk, late night yeah. talk show. Yeah, comedy. We are deep into our old oh, old men nerd. Not even. <laughs> I was about nerd. to say it's like old man. It's like TV nerd because this <laughs> this is pretty deep TV nerd right here. <laughs> like when I brought up Mary Hart, I wouldn't bring up Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman with most people, but I knew you were right there. <laughs> I knew I could talk about Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman with Lynn. I was right there. (laughs) I was right there. Um, Bougie Square Society. Hey, what's up, cuz? Hit us up. He wants to know, is anybody watching the Wu-Tang doc on Showtime? I have not watched it yet. It's on my list. I just watched the Teddy Pendergrass documentary. You saw it. You all told me to watch last year. You saw it. Wow. Right? I'm going to just say this, Philly dude. Philly was wild. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it? Philly was wild. I'll just say that. Like, I don't want to say too much else on the mic, but Philly was wild. I told you, man. Yeah, yeah that's a good doc. That's I told a good you. Doc. Yeah. And did you see what I was talking about when he sings that song? And, and, and uh, it's a Beatles song. And they only have the, the footage right, right, of him because, singing Yeah, it. and they were trying to position him for crossover. Right. Which I had never heard before. Right. Which I didn't really know how that was going to work. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But he crossed it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Y'all need y'all owe it to yourself to see that. Um, I have not seen the... Um, Wu-Tang Clan The do- documentary. Wu-Tang Clan, John, yet. I do want to see it. Though. Yeah, me too. I, it, it keeps popping up, and, and I just, you know, it's like... I don't want to watch it when I'm in the midst of doing something else. Of course not. You know what I mean? So that's the only reason why I haven't watched it, but I, I definitely want to check it out. Um, but I'm, gl- I'm glad you watched the Teddy Pendergrass. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. George Carmona hit us up also saying, I'm watching with the wife Night School starring... Uh, <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> that is so funny. And I feel like we're having our own private mother, may I? <laughs> Well, it's so hilarious. funny because you went, as you walked in, today, uh, yes, my my uh, my significant other was upstairs laying down, watching Night School for the second time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I don't judge people's trashy TV watching because mm. I watch stuff as well. We went out to um, eat for Mother's Day, and the restaurant was showing the Revenge of Godzilla. On the oh. screen, which is like you, you know when Godzilla, um, the, the the series shifted into basically kids movies. Exactly, yeah. And the special effects, I, you can't even call them special effects. But man, no. I I eat those movies up. <laughs> I eat the Jet Jaga era of Godzilla. Yeah, like the kid movie Godzilla up here, where they had a little boys with the itty bitty short. That doesn't sound right. That I like it with the little boys. But remember, they always had the little itty bitty shorts. Well, they were students, and that's yeah. what the and Japanese like the little baseball caps. The time. Yes, that's what they were. And, cool. and like half of the movie would just be the misadventures of the kids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then somehow Godzilla would be involved, and mm-hmm. then who we've come to call Godzuki. Yes, because he has the son. Yes, who breathes fire fire puffs. Oh, I ate those movies up. I could barely eat my dinner the other night watching <laughs> Godzilla's Revenge on the screen. So I don't, I don't judge. 
Uh, Tony Bagels. Hey, what's up, Tony? Share the link. I was not even aware of this. Shadow and Act reported that New York Undercover Revival was passed over. I saw that. At ABC. I saw that. That's right. Um, there was actually an attempt to do a revision. Well, I guess like a revival. A rev- right, because a lot of the, the, the original, original principles are, were involved. Yeah. Of New York Undercover. Were you a fan of New York Undercover? I was a big fan of the first season. Mm. Which, if you remember, the first season was a lot more thoughtful than later seasons. Like, like <clears throat> New York Undercover is one of those shows that has a quietly interesting history when you look at the push and pull of the creators. And the first season, excuse me, <clears throat> the first season, I don't think they drew their guns. Did they not, really? I don't remember. Or at least they didn't shoot their guns. And then as the seasons went on, it became more and more sort of explosive. Yeah. But I always liked it. Like, even to, even at the end where, they, where you know, the characters left and they brought in new characters, New York Undercover was always good to have an interesting episode or two during the season. So in totality, I'll say I was a fan. I I originally was a fan of it. Um, I it quickly grew. It quickly wore thin on me. Okay. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't a real huge fan of the lead. I, I didn't mind Malik Who? Yopas, but so bad, so much. Right. But I can't. I'm drawing a blank on the Michael. Um, Imper- not Michael Imperioli, but uh. Okay, oh and he was, and 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 he's not part of the um, revival. Well, so. remember his character died, or maybe you didn't know that. I didn't. I I did not last that long with New York Undercover. I will say this about New York Undercover as well, and we were just talking about him. I don't know if Dorian was ever on New York Undercover, mm-hmm. but New York Undercover was one of my showcases for seeing actors, and then I say, I would say, oh, I like him. Oh, I okay. like her. Okay. Who is that? And, and I'd make note of their name mm-hmm. and then see them later on. So there is a whole generation of working black actors. Oh, yeah. That I was introduced to on New York Undercover. Oh, yeah, most certainly. Uh, Michael DiLorenzo. Michael DiLorenzo, right. Yeah, like he didn't he didn't do anything for me. He, you know, he didn't bother me. He bothered me. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like him. Um, so he his his. He wore thin on me, and that and that pulled me out of the show. Okay, um, you know, I, I primarily watched it for when I did watch it or catch it every once in a while it was for the music, yeah, the fashions, yeah, and every once in a while they had like a, 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 a interesting co star. Like like they gave a lot of hip hop hip hop performers of that time their first true acting role. I was about to say as opposed to what we'll we'll talk about yeah. sooner than later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um so so that was interesting. Um they unfortunately um welcomed um Naomi Campbell into the acting world as well. And that was an unfortunate turn. I have no memory of her on there. I, I remember she was on there, but there's a reason. You know, like I said, it was a real showcase. There's a reason. It was a real showcase. All right, last thing here. Okay. Robert Monroe posted, and I thought this was kind of cool, from the Sci-Fi Wire. 
from from our friend the blurred girl. Hey, the blurred girl. Karama. Uh, put a post out. Ever wonder what Black Panther would look like with 80s actors? I don't know if you saw this, Vince. I did see it. It was adorable. So if you cast a movie, Black Panther, but use stars of the 80s, you would have as T'Challa, of course you'd have Denzel Washington. Of course. Who else? Killmonger would be, of course, Lawrence Fishburne. Which is not bad casting. That's not bad casting. That's, that's, that, that's the movie right there. Yeah. Young Denzel Washington versus Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. I'm trying to... Have they been in a movie together? I feel like... I don't think they have. They certainly haven't been even close to like co-lead in anything. But I feel like... I don't know if like, they've been in a film together. Yeah, like I was trying to think, like, has Lawrence Fishburne been like in the background? Like I'm scrolling through. No. I mean, you, I mean, the easiest way to do it is what black ensembles has Denzel been in? Well, he was in Glory. He was in Glory, and he was in. He um, was in, of, of of course, a Soldier Story. A Soldier Story. So mm. that's really his ensembles. Mo Better Blues is is, okay. is sort of an ensemble. All right, then, and um, that's really yeah. When you think it, about Denzel with the whole group. Of, of black actors. I mean, I guess you'd call Fences an ensemble. Yeah, but, yeah, because it's, you know, it's like the whole play aspect right, of it. But, um, I, no. I don't think they've been in a film together. Wow. Huh. That's interesting. That is interesting. And, I'm, and the thing is, they're probably both of the age now. Right. And certainly of the status. Right. Where... I don't even know if you could even put them in a film. Right, and it's now. a shame that they weren't in the movie. Like, they were really... Re- like, I really like both of them as young actors. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a shame they weren't in a movie. I, I think I told, I've mentioned this a few episode, episodes ago. I've rediscovered Deep Cover. Oh, like, really? Like, Deep Cover has been playing on one of the stations, and I've caught, like, a half hour here, 45 minutes there. And, and you know, because we were talking about Bill Duke mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of months ago. And I forgot how much I enjoyed Deep Cover. It's a fun movie. Yeah. And and he's ferocious. Oh yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is ferocious in yeah, Deep Cover. That's the movie. So so yeah. Yeah. But but continue. But yeah. 80s Killmonger would have been perfect for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh to continue the casting. Shuri. Okay. Would have been I obviously a very young Holly Robinson Pete. I like it. I like that. I like it. Okoye, mm-hmm. Grace Jones. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's a slam dunk. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I give you that. Uh, Nakia. Okay. Vanessa Bell Calloway. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, see, you know, I like Vanessa Bell Calloway, uh-huh. and she probably gets it on name recognition. Uh-huh. But you know who I'd rather see there? Who? Your girl. Who, Phyllis Stickney? Phyllis. I was going to say Phyllis Stickney. I was, was going to say Phyllis Stickney. I was going to say Phyllis Stickney, but I want to go. That should be Phyllis Stickney. <laughs> <laughs> and like every time I say Phyllis Stickney, I smile like the barber in Coming to America where he tells her, you should come where I'm going tonight. It's going to be some nice girls there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I can see your girl in there. Yeah. I can see your girl right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Um, 
have her hair all twisted up. <laughs> okay, she have like a little twist out. Phyllis Stickney, like 1987. <laughs> Woo! Have mercy. Okay, Vince. All right. Okay. Who else? Uh, King T'Chaka. All right. Sydney Portier. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. Sydney Portier is uh, Denzel Washington's father. Yeah. I'll take that. And I guess he will be Lawrence Fishburne's father, too. And I guess he'd be Lawrence Fishburne's father as Interesting. Well, Queen... no, he would be Lawrence Fishburne's father. He'd be Lawrence Fishburne's uncle. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen Ramunda. Okay. Madge Sinclair. Madge Sinclair, which works because I was thinking you were going to say James Earl Jones is T'Chaka. Right. But so. no, he the uh, Blur Girl casts uh, James Earl Jones okay. as Zuri. Okay. So basically. The, also uh, works. Yeah. Uh, Everett Ross. Okay. Who was the uh, Martin Freeman character. Yes. And this one's a little weird. Okay. She goes Robin Williams. Oh. I don't know about 80s Robin Williams. I might go 80s Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal? Billy Crystal. In the 80s? 80s Billy Crystal. When's when's when Harry met Sally? That's 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Robin Williams, that might be a different turn for Robin Williams because he's not manic. Right, that. right. Can he turn his turn the speed down enough? And he can turn he can turn it down. I mean, can he I mean for a role that small? Yeah, see that's that's mm-hmm. the thing. it's so small he would kind of be like chopping Bursting at, the, at bits. the seams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I I'm I, keeping my ten dollars on eighties Billy Crystal. And you called I mean that's like 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 your 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 uh movie like Running Scared Harry Met Sally Billy Crystal. Yes, but you know what? You're going. You're going. Um, running, running scared. Yeah, that's a, that's a good movie. Um, but I'm thinking about uh, what's that? What's that movie? Kurt? What's that movie where they go? Oh, City Slickers. City Slickers. Um, my man Bruno Kirby. Bruno Kirby would be good. Should I be embarrassed by how much I enjoy the City Slickers series? No, it was okay. a good movie. I know it just they both were fun. I, I, man, dumb I, fun boy, movies. Boy, I love them city slickers yeah. movies. They're not trying to be anything crazy. Oh, love them. Yeah. All right. No, no, no. Okay, good. And then last but not least, Wakabi. Okay. Avery Brooks. Okay, I'll take it. He might overwhelm some stuff, but he's only in like three scenes. Spencer. <laughs> Have you seen the Deep Space Nine documentary? No. I guess it, uh, well, of course you haven't. I don't know if it's out yet, but you see it's around. Like yeah. It's making the circuit. We have to make sure to see that. Here we go. Yeah. Avery Brooks in the end? I don't know if I go with Avery Brooks either, but uh, that's not bad. In, in small role. I mean, yeah. Bring him out there. No, I mean, I maybe go like, you know, I know he'd be too old. All right. All right. Whatever. So it's good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. That's fun. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, All right. I, I, I guess we've 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 ducked this issue long enough. We have. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's time for us, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you our review of 1993's "Who's the Man." We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it.
All right, Holmes, you're the victim of another Dr. Dre and Ed Lover masterpiece. Yo, man, what did you do to my head? No, you got to hold your head at the angle, brother. Women going to think you a big Wesley Snipes. Like, no, Wesley. I got oh, Wesley. Man, I want to let the two brothers cut my taxes. They were a couple of nobodies. What's up, Cherise? What the hell are you doing telling people I'm sleeping with you? Mm. Who couldn't cut it anywhere. Is anything ever going to happen to us? Someday, my brother. The police force is hiring brothers. Uh-uh, Nick, uh-uh. Ain't trying to be the man. Are you trying to be the man? I am not trying to be the man. Give me one reason. Rodney King! But Harlem needs heroes. I want us to sign to the case so we can catch the guy ourselves. No matter who they are. That's up, Tara Stop. Being a police officer is about one thing. Who knows what that is? Harassing black people. <laughs> Who's the man? Who's the man? We're here to fight the forces of evil to make the streets safe for you people to walk on. Look at you looking like before and after. Who's the man? Who's the man? Here's your assignment. All of Harlem. I want all crime and drugs stamped out by 6 o'clock. Okay? Let's get them. is not going well at all. Who's the Man? A film directed by Ted Demi, starring Dr. Dre and Ed Lover, with Dennis Leary, Colin Quinn, and a who's who of hip-hop, including Naughty by Nature, Ice-T, Cypress Hill, Flavor Flav, KRS-One, Heavy D, House of Pain, Salt and Pepper, Criss Cross, and Bushwick Bill. Drop it! Oh. Come on, fellas. You know the bad guys are gonna lose. That's word up. Why don't you call me when you're ready for dessert, big boy? Who's the man? 1993 film directed by Ted Demi stars Ed Lover and Dr. Dre as Ed Lover and Dr. Dre who are two hapless New York City barbers who test the patience of their boss, Nick Crawford, played by by a, a really wasted Jim Moody, mm-hmm. one too many times, and end up at the police academy to try out careers in law enforcement. Training under the tough-as-nails Sergeant Cooper, played by Dennis Leary, Ed and Dre eventually learn enough skills to become rookie cops. For their first assignment, they attempt to thwart a corrupt businessman at odds with Nick over property development. Screenplay written by Seth Greenland and again directed by Ted Demi, this 1993 entry into this year's Mother May I Month was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn. Yes. (sighs) Who's the man? It's not Dr. Dre or Ed Lover. <laughs> Let's just get that straight right oh, off the top. Oh, boy. However, Who's the Man does not belong in Mother May I. Okay. Because while this is not a good movie. Okay. Neither is it this atrocious piece 
a film. It's not a waste of a film. Okay. Um, it is. It purports to be a comedy. The first hip hop who done it. Okay. Which uh, gives you, um, first of all, a window into okay, it's hip hop. So there's going to be either hip hop music or there's going to be hip hop stars. Right. There's plenty of hip hop music. There's plenty of hip hop stars. Okay. In this movie, who done it makes you think. Okay, there's going to be a mystery. Yes. As to who committed some type of crime and there is because you're wondering who got these rappers <laughs> and suckered them to be in this movie okay but i don't think that they were suckered okay because what you have to remember is that 1993 mm-hmm. was the height of not only like of hip-hop which is like really like bubbling and becoming like this force in um in in American culture, mm-hmm. right? It was it it was slowly breathing its way to take over American culture, which I uh, think it does by the end of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also be, um first and foremost right there at this time in 1993 where hip hop is being fully embraced by MTV. Yes. And MTV is at the height of its powers at this time. Right. And if not its leading show, one of its top shows at that time was Yo MTV Raps. Yes. Which was a show which primarily featured all your favorite hip hop artists doing their videos, which at this time in the 90s was their number one way of promoting their music. Yes. More so than the radio, more so than it, their, even their music being on some type of soundtrack. Right. MCs, rappers, MCs. Yeah, promote well, their well, music. Singers. Yeah. The, the, the yeah, number that's one way too. musicians that's promote right. their music at that time was videos. Right. And videos had a, a place where they could call their own, which was MTV. And hip hop videos had a, a a show that was all their own, Yo MTV Raps, which right. was hosted in rotation by first um, Fab Five, Fab Five Freddy, Fab Five Freddy, and then it went to Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, right? Two DJs in the New York radio um, uh, landscape who lucked up and became video hosts of this show, and. They're loose, very improvised style of hosting their show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Became, you know, became catnip for young hip hop fans. Yeah. You know, because you could see yourself like, yo, because you you could legitimately say, I can do what these guys are doing. Right. Because they, God bless them weren't doing anything special. They just got the shot and they were running with it. God bless them. Ed Lover, Dr. Dre, not incredibly funny. I I don't know about them as DJs. Right. um, But on Yo! MTV Raps didn't seem to show a whole lot of talent. Honestly, outside of maybe slightly Ed Love, didn't show a whole lot of charisma. But they got their shot. They were on TV. And as far as kids knew, 
they were stars. Right. Next thing you know, yo, let's blow this up. Put them in the movie. Yeah. MTV is back in the movie. Ted Demi, who's a producer with MTV, a producer on Yo, Yo MTV Raps, like he gets his film debut. Right. He's right around their same age group. So he's he's down with the culture. He knows all of these hip hop artists because they're all coming to MTV. The right. Their right. Videos. So like, and their videos were a way of promoting their their music, but also a way of promoting their faces. Showing that they had interesting faces, like, hey, and these faces should be in front of the camera. So, hey, I'm going to put you in front of the camera and give you all just like a little line. Right, right, right. right. So, sure, they all going to sign up, get my SAG card, and be in a movie at the same time. Yup, I'm there. Okay. Each and every one of them. Naughty by Nature, Salt and Pepper. Oh, my God. Run DMC. You'll be here all day naming all the people in this movie. All of them in there, right? Um, So... In that way, this movie is very much, we've talked about the movies before, that are time capsules of their time. Absolutely. This movie is, is in particular, is a time capsule of that time, right? Right. It's slightly cracked. Some air got in the time capsule, <laughs> spoiled some of, the, some of the product inside <laughs> so that it's not quite as fresh. Right. But it is. It is still a time capsule. It, if nothing else, you could lose yourself watch, watching this movie and saying, oh my God, that's salt and pepper. That's salt of salt and pepper. Right. Being given a role. Right, right. Given a role. And Queen Latifah, who now in 2019, more I people know. know as an actress about, than a rapper. How about that? Has one line. Right. Because right. she's just coming up at that time. Right, right. You know what I mean? Salt Salt is the star. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. Um, Run DMC in this movie, already looking like old men. <laughs> already looking like four bald old men oh, yeah. in this movie in 1993. Yeah. They were elder statesmen. They were elder statesmen, which is why they played the old detectives. Right, right. In this I mean, so it it's... It, it's cool just seeing that. You know, you see crisscross coming up. They got lines. House of Pain. House of Pain. House of Pain. Who's giving House of Pain lines? Who's the man? And they've got and they've got the the theme song to the movie. Yes. So you're grooving with that. Karras One is in this film. Oh my god. Bushwick Bill is funny. Bushwick Bill. He is shows funny. he's got some. He's got some comedic chops. He knows yeah. how to fall. Yeah. He can do oh, a yeah. pratfall. Yeah. Right oh, on yeah. camera. You know, um, the, you've got early Busta Rhymes. Yeah. You yeah, know? With the leaders and, 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 of the With, new with the L-O-N-S. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Looking like kids. Looking like kids. Like they look actually look Busta. like, they look like teenagers. Busta looks, Busta looks like, like he's maybe 17 years old in he this He probably movie. was, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's incredible. Yeah. So you, you get lost in that. And, and if that's not enough for you. If you're a fan of comedy, you've got Colin Quinn, Dennis Leary. Mm. Dennis Leary. It's got this whole bit about donuts with Dr. Dre that it doesn't go over greatly. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed huh. the attempt for humor there. Oh, this is fantastic. I did. I enjoyed I enjoyed that. What lets this movie down, unfortunately. Okay. Because, like you, you mentioned, Jim Moody wasted in this film. Yes, but for what he's asked to do, 
he gives it a certain, you know, his usual level of professionalism right. and gravitas. You know what I mean? Um, another actor laced, wasted in this movie, uh, Baja D- Jola. <laughs> yes. He should have worn a T-shirt that said, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> oh, that red suit <laughs> yeah. said it all. Yeah. <laughs> that said it all. Um, but he's wasted. But yeah. He's, but he's oh, having yeah. fun chewing scenery. In this movie, you know what I mean? Uh, um, you know, I have never been the hugest fan of, um, and I'm looking for his looking for his name because I, I uh, you know him, you know him, you know him, Vince. The, Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy has always left me a little cold. Yeah, and he leaves me cold in this mo- movie, and I feel like he unfortunately is bringing down Bernie Mac. In this movie, I'm but, not gonna blame that on Bill Bellamy. Uh, well, maybe it's the script too, right. and maybe this is Bernie Mac before pre Enlightenment. Yeah, you know. Um, but you know, it was still fun to see Bernie Mac. Yeah, you know. Uh, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. what brings this movie down mm-hmm. is your leads, mm. Doctor Dre. And, and Ed Lover. And Ed Lover. Yeah. Who were basically asked to transplant their whole act from Yo MTV Raps. Right. Improvising lines. Right. Just talking off the cuff um, and bring it into this movie. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that doesn't help sell a movie. Right. Unfortunately, that doesn't help sell a story. Right. Um, they're very low energy way they of delivering, are. Um, especially Dre. Yeah, which in a way makes sense because he's incredibly large, right? And he, I'm wondering, was he sick already? I would not be surprised yeah. because he. It is scary when you watch this movie when Dr. Dre is on the screen, and and I'm don't make it mean a joke by this. I'm dead serious. How much of the screen he fills right he right. is really a unhealthy looking right size i mean that was an ongoing thing though yes like like that was not uh, like you know where where people were always concerned about dr Dre and his right. health and i think he had a couple of scares i can imagine before he died but but the thing is like his his very the, the, the low energy that they bring to this film just lets down everything right you 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 just feel no because you feel no investment from them you feel no investment in the story right you feel no investment in what's going on the story is i mean like this is just like rapping this is like you're taking a bit here you're taking a bit from here it's another evil developer there's another evil developer going into harlem and they got try to take up the the neighborhood only you know some reason somebody you know must have you know, had a fever dream of Beverly Hillbillies. So they're looking for oil, black gold. Hey, why not? Texas tea in the middle of Harlem. Yes. Uh, so you've got that going on. So the story is like all over the freaking place, right? And they don't so much as play cops, but as they just trip over clues. Yes. And basically trip their way to the end of the movie. Right. Um. So, so there's... There's that, and and that's the only way that they could do it because they are doing nothing yeah. in this movie. They're not funny. They're not dramatic. They're not. There's no type of stakes at all for their characters. Um, you're meant to believe like they they don't want to become cops, right? Um, 
But there's no real investigation on why they don't want to become cops. Right. And then they become they they fall into being coming cops. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. because they they, they it, 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 which makes no sense. Um and I'm not saying this movie has to be necessarily an indictment on police officers at right. the time because the problem with you know black neighborhoods and cops was real at that time I in mean, the 90s yeah, it always has been i mean they reference rodney king they and they do you they know. reference it to, they reference it in a terrible joke but there's no there's no investigation of right anything. right of why yeah you know what i mean i agree and you, and you don't get I an agree. idea where your your leads stand on it i i well, at mm. all and yet you had a little affection for it. I had affection for it because, because I mean, because like I said, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's, well, first of all, I'm unabashedly and forevermore and forever have been and will be a Queen Latifah fan. So watching a young Dana. So, so those 30 up, seconds of Queen Latifah is all it took. <laughs> oh, I love this. You know, this very rarely happens. It, it, that you like a film more than I do. Because I hated this film. <laughs> I hated this movie. From the very beginning, through the middle, <laughs> all the way to the end. Really? I'm going to acknowledge and, and give credit to what you've already given credit to. I think I, I think it is absolutely a time capsule. And full disclosure, I think because I lived through it, it it didn't mean as much to me to see all these figures. Okay. Because I was there when these figures were actually seen. But I, but I acknowledge how important that is to have this snapshot. I do think that it was a bit overwhelming after a while. Like there were so many That's cameos. True. That's true. By so... And... That was the entire point of their appearance was mm -hmm. to have a cameo so that not only was it overwhelming, just the sheer number, not only was it distracting mm -hmm. because there were all these people who clearly weren't actors, but it actually lent this choppy quality to the storytelling. Right. I because, you know, you you have a plot point that goes for a moment and then you got to wheel out, you, you know, I don't know, like, like, like like you know, crisscross. Yeah, crisscross Chris Chris or, or Apache. Or... Right. Everything you said about the leads, I, I think they're. You know, I think Ed Lover and and Dr. Dre as leads. This is this completely corporate MTV sanctioned decision. They have this popularity on the show, so let's try and trans planet to the films mm -hmm. and you can see just the way it was billed and the way uh, you, you know people kind of critiqued it for good and ill that they were trying to situate them as an Abbott and Costello type team right right and besides the low energy that you've already addressed and in the fact that I don't think either one of them are that charismatic mm -hmm. I think the biggest crime of this film with these leads is that I didn't sense any chemistry between them. Yeah. I don't get the sense. I couldn't understand why they had this partnership. Right. Me neither. So there's that. The script, as you said, is, is I don't think the script 
was even a, a secondary concern. It really right. was, we're going to get all these hip-hop stars in here, and we're going to have these two as the leads, and hopefully their charisma and everything hold it together, which it doesn't. You touched on the police thing. I think that is not enough to dismiss this film, but I think the the, the a, a lot of the, the the police shenanigans and like you said, they they never really addressed anything. Just adds to the badness of this film. Mm -hmm. Like like you know the whole they made this kind of Rodney King joke and and you know there's this joke that now that they're they're the policemen and they're going to abuse their power and and. Yeah. You, you know, I think that's in bad taste in 2019, but in 1993 it was real. Right. So right. so I didn't, you know, I didn't really appreciate that that much. Here I'll say something unpopular that that you know, we we kind of had a Saturday night live conversation last week and about these comedians from this time. I've never liked <laughs> Colin Quinn and I always thought that Dennis Leary was. I I will I will be politic and say that he was influenced so much by Sam Kinison that I couldn't take him seriously. Oh really? No, I don't. I mean, I guess there's a little Sam Kinison in there, but very little. Yeah, I've I've never been a Dennis Leary fan, and and Dennis Leary's shtick grew old with me almost immediately almost immediately so so you know that's a personal taste thing you know obviously the consensus is in and we've decided that colin quinn and dennis leary are people that are respected within comedy mm -hmm. and be, i'm not one of those people fair enough who respects them fair enough so that there was not one aspect of this film that really worked hit for with me you at all that hit with me at all and I'm saying that I hated the film. Not even Bowlegged Lou singing Precious Lord. I mean, Bo, it was it was just ridiculous. It was really, really like like it was just ridiculous. And you know, to be honest, I think I misspoke because I didn't hate this film. I just was not interested. Like like I really was like I had drifted off mm -hmm. a half hour into it. You know, it's like the film didn't really care that much to set up why they had to become policemen. You know, like they said, they sort of hand wave and say that Nick has pulled some strings. But there's, it's not really addressed. Them being, you know, it's not like they're they're naturals at being the police. Right. And they just sort of want to put them in. And then an hour into the film, I guess Ed Lover and Dr. Dre said, we don't want to wear police uniforms anymore. Yeah. So, so uh, they're the policemen. But now they're just not wearing police uniforms anymore. Well, yeah. Well, the story thing is that they're suspended. I guess. Sure. I, I mean, I, I mean, I thought they were suspended after they had stopped wearing uniforms. I don't. Like at some point they called him in and he said, "You're suspended." But I was like, they haven't been wearing a uniform for like twenty minutes though. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I was not a fan. I was I was not a fan of this film at all, and I thought that it fit quite perfectly after <laughs> rapping. And before next week's final entry, as I bring it home. Well, don't let us be your judge, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, are we finished? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't ready. To... <laughs> what else? What else is? Well, there? you know, I feel like <laughs> this gives us space to talk a little 
<laughs> Damn, Lynn. <laughs> Let me say this as well. <laughs> I also did not like this period where MTV in particular tried to take these MCs mm-hmm. with these MCs permission, because I think a lot of these MCs smelt money and tried to turn them into characters. You know, oh, they're not MCs anymore. Now they're characters and, and you know, and they have these personas and, and, you know, whether we're talking about people's appearances on Yo MTV Rapper, you know, they would show up on, um, Yo, not Yo MTV, uh, M- MTV Cribs, mm-hmm. or they'd show up for different things on MTV and they'd be kind of wacky almost. And to me, the worst example of this, that period where Method Man and Red Man we're sort of a comedy duo. Yeah. I hated it with every fiber of my being. Why? Red and meth. Because. Look, I'll just, I thought they were shucking and jiving. I thought they were actually shucking and jiving. And I was disappointed. Mm. Because I believed in them as MCs. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Red Man's music in the Def Squad. Obviously, I enjoyed Method Man in the Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, you know, he was sort of situated to be the breakout mm-hmm. from the very beginning in the Wu-Tang Clan. But, you know, Meth is, a, is an MC. Right. So this sort of wacky, and then they, you know, they made How High, and, and you know, I think they had a, tel- was a television show called Meth and Red? I don't know. Like, remember. it was something called Meth and Red. I don't know if it was a movie. I don't remember them be- having a movie. It was or... some Meth and Red, because I was angry the whole time. Hmm, I don't remember that. I remember how high. And wow, it's been years since I've seen that movie. Uh, please don't say we're watching it next week. Um, uh, oh, we're not watching it next week. I got to, I, I got to spread the wealth okay. of, of the um, heat. But I seem to remember that while they were bugging in that movie, they were still meth and red. It's a little shucky jivey. And I also little let's 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 do some stuff for our fifteen year old you know, teenage suburban white boy audience. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe ultimately that's what the movie was for. But I, but I always felt like this whole, you, you talk about how rappers were developing. And, and just to finish my thought, it all kind of starts here with who's the man. So, all right, go ahead. Well, it starts around this era, but right. I always felt that rappers developing kind of like this character this like side character of who they were. Mm-hmm. This like making like the rapper the alter ego, right? In a way, I always thought that that was um, purposeful, but more on the rapper's part. And now, did MTV and probably to a degree at this time, let's be fair, BET, yeah, you yeah. know, give them the the vehicles in which they could lean on it and yeah. showcase them and 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 showcase. These um, these portraits of themselves, yeah, um, self developed portraits of themselves prominently. Yes, they did. Right, but I always felt that it was it was purposeful on their part, and I always go back to an inter- an interview when I interviewed um, last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. Interviewed DMC, right, and he talked about how you know Daryl McDaniels talked about how 
DMC became this persona upon uh, whom which Daryl McDaniels could hide behind. Yes. And he could, you know, be, you know, DMC. Like, that. that's my alter ego. Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes when he would feel, you know, Daryl would feel apprehensive about doing some stuff, nervous about getting up on stage, sure. nervous about going in front of the cameras, doing this and things, he would more or less put on DMC and DMC is not scared and he's going to go do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I felt that around this time, because I don't know if every rapper when Run DMC came up had that same person. Right, idea. right. Case by case. It was case by case. But I, felt, I certainly, when he said that, I could see, I could see that being um, definitely his modus operandi and to a degree runs modus operandi. Right. And then looking around and just re re revisiting like interviews and stuff, I could see that that was a lot of people's modus operandi. Mm-hmm. It was Heavy D. It was Queen Latifah. It was Salt of Salt and Pepper because she talks about how, you know, she really, you know, had to kind of like, you know, watch Pepper out there and kind of like try to put her Pepper on to get herself out there like, right. like, like that. So, I thought that I think that um, that's not MTV. That's the the rappers themselves. I hundred percent agree with you, which is why I said I was disappointed. And and you know I'm focusing on Method Man and Red Man because I think they are the clearest examples of what I'm talking about. Like I that's why I said I was disappointed in them. Like I expected more of them. Okay. You you know especially you know I think. I don't want to get too deep into the woods of the hip hop woods, but, but I think there's no other woods to go into. I know. Right. We're done with the movie. I think run DMC was a case of so much of run DMC was the persona of run DMC. True. True. And, and, you know, obviously both of them are great lyricists or, you know, good lyricists, but, but run DMC was run DMC because of the whole package Mm -hmm. visual and otherwise. Mm -hmm. The Death Squad, which is um, you know, where um Red Man. Red Man comes from. Eric Sermon, Keith Eric Murray. Eric Sermon, Keith Murray, you know, Red Man. These were nineties lyricists. Yes. We are lyricists. And when you talk about us, what is important, or rather the most important, is our lyricism. Wu Tang clan obviously has so much that is visual and imagery and this and the other but even with that the wu-tang sword was the lyricism yeah you know we are you know we we are basically a a a group of samurai and our swords are our lyrics Mm -hmm. and method man is one of the samurai so even in both cases with foregrounds our our conversation about both of them initially was their mastery of lyricism. Mm-hmm. Red Man is straight Newark. Method Man is straight Staten Island. Mm-hmm. These were were you know kind of rough and tumble brothers, and you know you listen to that early stuff. These are dudes that represent a certain area, a certain experience, mm-hmm. and then they they they. Their art flows through that prism. Yes. There was a marked 
change in both of them, and particularly when they work together with how they presented themselves to the public. And in my mind, it was deliberately to kind of sand the edges to make them more palatable to the suburban white audience and to do this stuff. And again, I was, yeah, I think, you you, you know, again, I like, like, like MTV and BET don't make these grown men do anything they don't want to do. Right. But again, it disappointed me. And, 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 you know, as I kind of talk this out in real time, frankly, I think some of my resistance to who's the man is that to me, this was ground zero for a lot of this. Right. That, that, you know, and again, I don't want to just keep going to meth and red man, but, but cause it was a lot of them. I mean, well, yeah, because that how that, high is not till two thousand one, right? So, so and, and you know, like you mentioned, Queen Latifah, but I think the difference between Queen Latifah and who we're talking about is that I think Queen Latifah has always had this skill set where she does different things and this, that, and the other. Salt talks about pulling herself out to basically become more salt, and then to pivot back to Method Man, what what kind of frustrated me about Method Man. Said Method Man is not a bad actor. No, he's not. Like when he actually acts, he's not a bad actor. So he didn't have to do all this. Okay, well, he it took time. He right. developed into a, a well, good. Actor. All right, all right. But so I mean, this I, is years before the Wire. Years before the Wire. So so I wanted to. So that's that's one. Yeah. Now now we can now you can now you can do the Lynn because you were doing the Lynn wrap up. Yes, you were doing the Lynn wrap. So I wanted to get that out. I got that out. Anything else in your system? Nothing else in my system. I figure I've already, like, I've already, I mean, between Colin Quinn, Dennis Leary, Method Man. I don't think our fans Red are really Man. going to come down on uh, well, you, Colin yeah, Quinn hey, and Dennis Leary. You know what? You, hey. I mean, unless they're fans of Rescue Me, which was a great show. Look, you know what? Did you ever watch Rescue Me? I didn't. I've, I heard great things about great it. I, I know, and I just never watched it. Like, yeah, once you watch Rescue Me, you never need to see another show about firefighters. Okay. Because there's plenty out there. I may now, have already gotten to the point that I never needed another show about firefighters. Though. Why? Because you used to watch Emergency? <laughs> See what I did there? Went back in our old man bag. <laughs> Dug into the old man bag. <laughs> did y'all used to play SWAT? I'm TJ. And you jump down and turn your hat backwards. Because TJ was a sharpshooter. Was TJ, that wasn't Robert Yorick though. No, no. I forgot who played TJ. Yeah, I forget. All I know is TJ would drop down on his on his elbows and yes. turn his baseball cap, turn that cap around. Yes. You was about to get popped in the head. Yes. If you saw TJ on the roof across from you and he turned that hat around, you about to get popped in the head because he was a sharpshooter. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, TJ. TJ was James Coleman. Okay. He was the scout sniper. Robert, That's right. Robert Urich was Jim Street. <laughs> the show was led by Steve Forrest, who was basically a Robert Urich wannabe. All not, I, not a Robert Urich wannabe. He was a Robert Colt wannabe. All I know Steve Forrest. is TJ was the sharpshooter. How many how many seasons do you think SWAT lasted? I have no idea. Back in the 70s. It? We're talking about the 70s SWAT, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Three? Two. Okay. I, 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 but, but, it, but it was like 97 episodes per season. No. First season was 12. Oh. Uh, because I think it was a mid-season replacement. Okay. And the second season was 25. Okay. So there's only 37 episodes. 
of of uh, that that series. The new SWAT, which stars your Shamar fa- Moore, your favorite actor, Shamar <laughs> Moore, who. Let me just say this: since we got time, and you brought up Shamar Moore, we t- we we mentioned that Chris Chris um Chris crosses in no Chris um Christopher Saint Chris Saint John died. Christoph Saint John. Oh, we talked about that he passed. Oh, did we? He passed. Longtime um actor on Young and the Restless. Oh, I, we didn't. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, he passed pretty suddenly a few months ago. <laughs> I have to say, this was a this is a situation in my house because my wife watches Young and the Restless. Oh, really? So you know, Christoph St. John was like the black guy mm-hmm. on the soaps for years, for for years. But uh, Shamar Moore got his start. Yes, that's on right. Young and the Restless, and he played Christoph St. John's son, brother. Oh, was his brother? brother? Okay, and he came back. So like you know, Christoph St. John, they had the um kind of like the commemorative episode where the actors talked about him. But then in, in the show, the character died. Okay. So they brought people back for the funeral and apparently Shamar Moore came back. Oh, that was nice. And 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 gave like this amazing performance. I didn't see it, but like everyone has sort of, you know, it was like this amazing performance. So, you, you know, I just wanted to give Shamar Moore kudos for that from everything i've heard because i could be wrong mm-hmm. but the word on the street that i hear okay is that shamar moore is um black hollywood's uh keanu reeves in this respect okay y- you may not think much of his acting right but he's a very very Nice, well-respected guy. I I one hundred percent agree with that assessment. Yeah, that's that's the word. And part of the reason him. I agree with it is because that's how I feel about him. Me too. Like I don't think he's a good actor at all, but I really like Shamar Moore. Yeah, when I've seen him, yeah, do I interviews really like and Shamar stuff Moore. like that. I'm like, he's a yeah. very likable guy. Yeah, I, I can really see like why, I see why he gets roles. Right, right. You know like I mean? you under exactly. Right, exactly. And you want him to win. Yeah, like it's like oh my, like oh my gosh, Shamar Moore is in that. There's no way I'm gonna watch that, but I'm so happy that Shamar Moore is working. Yeah, I like because I like him. I, I, he's a dude that paid his dues, so now he's got this lead on SWAT. Right, it's a TV series. It's on CBS, right CB- where it belongs. Hey, get some of that old white people money. Get those proce- get that's, those procedural that's, money. That's right. It's been on air for two seasons. That's right. Knock out a couple of three more. Hey, man. and then you're good, dog. Right, for they'll, they'll play the reruns on the Me Station. That yes, some sir. And, and oh yeah, yes sir. Yeah. Don't think Forrest Whitaker ain't still cashing CSI checks. I know that is right. But Anyway, Shamar Moore came back for Chris off St. John's funeral and apparently did a really good job. But you brought why did you bring up Shamar Moore? Why are we talking about Shamar Moore? Because he was Oh, because we were talking about SWAT. He's in SWAT. Right, right. SWAT. SWAT. And since we are, you know, sending out our condolences, condolences to uh the Peggy Lipton family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mod squad. Yeah. And Quincy Jones. I'm not sure if there was I forgot which wife it was, but it was his ex-wife and Rashida Jones' Mm -hmm. mother. Yeah, so um, sorry to see her pass. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Lipton. Doris Day died today. And Doris Day! Doris Day died today. Doris Day. Man, look. Let me tell you. There was a time. A short time. Okay. But there was a time. Mm Mm-hmm. Where I would spend... My Sundays, mm-hmm. 
before I went outside mm-hmm. to go play with my with my friends, I'd look on channel probably at the time here in Philadelphia it was channel forty eight, mm-hmm. and I'd make sure that there was not a Abbott and Costello movie that's on, that's right, a that, Jerry Lewis that, movie, movie I, or a Doris Day movie. I, I, because if one of those was on, I, I was sitting and watching. I it. was just about to say Doris Day would get me to watch a movie. Yep. And I enjoyed the Doris Day show. I was just about to say, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in my mom's room watching the Doris yeah, Day television the Doris show. Day show. No, I, 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 I wish I could say it was reruns. We oh, were you're watching not it. That old. It had to be reruns. No, it was first. It was first run, man. The Doris Day show was like the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, dog. Was yeah. it that? Was it that early, late? Yeah. Why did I think it was like the late 50s, early 60s? No, Doris Day. No, 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 no. The Doris Day show, I'm about, I'm, about to, I'm about to school you, bro. The Doris Day show ran from 1968 to 1973. Wow. I did not know yeah, that. This was at the end of her career. Okay. This was like the last thing that she did. I like the Doris Day show. And I remember watching it, man. And I, re- I remember, I can't tell you what happened, but I remember vividly sitting in my mom's room watching Doris Day knowing that I was watching the last episode. Okay. And not totally understanding what's happening on the show. Sure. But feeling some type of way because this meant that I wouldn't be able to watch Doris Day anymore. So when we first got cable, and I think this was across the board for cable. So so you have to understand for for our younger listeners, before cable was a thing. Which is everyone except us. Right, right, right. (laughs) Television would go off. So with the advent of cable television and 24-hour stations, these channels, you know, there there was a period before there was this influx of original programming Mm -hmm. where stations had to run stuff. Yep. And I distinctly remember being like, 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 you know, like old enough that people left me alone, Mm -hmm. but too young to like go out. Right. So like between the ages of like 12, 13 in like 15, 16, the USA channel would run these old shows like all night on okay. the weekend. So, you know, the many loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh, wow. The Patty Duke show. Wow. Uh, the courtship of Eddie's father. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Hazel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you, you know, and, and in the midst of all these shows, you know, a uh, bachelor father, mm-hmm. my uh, three sons, my three, my three sons, the door stay show would come on. Yep. So there was like a two year period where like, you know, I would stay up to like two, three in the morning. Cause I couldn't believe television was still, it's on. still on right? and it was good. Yeah. So I would stay up to like two, three in the morning. And that's how I learned about these old shows that weren't like, like the primetime rerun shows. Like they always ran Sanford and Son. Mm-hmm. They always ran the Brady Bunch. Mash. They always ran always ran Mash. You know. So like you could just sort of know those. But like like the USA channel from like you, you know, like cause you know, my dad would like fall asleep and that meant that the TV was now mine. Right. So, you know, like at like between ten and like three in the morning, they played all of this stuff. Yeah, man. And that's when I really Learn to love Doris Day. 
Yeah. And, you know, you fool around. They threw a movie in there, like you said. And and she was just like, oh, well, I'm watching this. This is going to be a it's like Doris Day in like later career Cary Grant movies. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this this is money right here. This is money in the bank. Favorite Doris Day movie is actually an Alfred Hitchcock movie. The Man Who Knew, knew Too Much. See, the problem with The Man Who Knew Too Much, Man Who Knew Too Much tricked me. Because I said, oh, it's Doris Day. It's about to be light and frothy. <laughs> right, right. Oh, this is just going to be light and frothy. It's Doris Day. And she's going to get in very sort of, you mischief. know. Low stakes mischief. Yes, no. And light romance. Because Doris, that's the other thing. Because I was a kid and Doris Day was never that. Like, it didn't get all lusty. No, not with no, Dor- Not, not with Doris Day. No, not So it would be sort of light. Yeah, the man who knew too much wasn't light at all. Not at all. No. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And yet, she sings her most favorite famous song in there which is k ah. whatever will but it's be, a little creepy because be. man didn't need too much i know <laughs> bruh was getting murdered <laughs> it's like whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 12 year old fence at two in the morning i wasn't ready for all that yes yes <laughs> so rest in peace also Doris to Doris Day. Day. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, don't go watch Who's the Man. Just go look at some 90s videos. Uh, there you go. There you go. That'll that'll suit you well. There you go. Look. Uh, and and that'll do it for this episode of the Michelle. Oh, I was about to say, I thought you were going to say from Mother Mouse, uh uh-uh, uh, we got one more no, week. I know, I know, we got one more week. <laughs> and before we tell you what's coming up on our last week of, or, of uh, Mother May, I, I invite you all to like and follow us on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Michelle Mission. Uh, email us at michellemission at gmail.com. All of your thoughts and concerns. Michelle is spelled M I C H E A U X. You can also what find our show as an edited form as a radio show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Power Media here in Philadelphia. And you can wake up with me show every Monday at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. The Me Show Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, Podglomerate Curated Podcast, just for your taste. And I want to thank each and every one of you out there, all of you Michelle missionaries, because without you, you know, you're the reason why we do this. And we want to thank new new missionaries who joined our Facebook group uh, this week, Steve Watkins, Shotka Allen, Michael Allison, Bobby Bourbon, Cara Riviere, and Freedom Presley. Uh, welcome. Welcome. And welcome to everyone that has joined previously. We're, yeah. We're just starting to do this, but we've, you, you know, I, I think we, we thankfully, blessfully, we, we get a steady influx of new members. And the thing that I like, since we're talking about new members to the group, the vast majorities of our new members are recommended by other people. I know. So I love the fact that people see value in this community and want to bring others in. Because, I mean, that's, I mean, it really is what we want. Yeah. You, you know, so so thank you. Thank you. We're so appreciative. We do. And hopefully. And welcome to the party. 
If you're in the New York area, ladies and gentlemen, you can get out to uh, Brooklyn on Saturday, July 13th for Blurred City Con, where the Michelle Mission will be doing a live podcast. We're going to do a live podcast, a review of Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. And with us that day will be very special guest star and fellow Michelle missionary actor Ryan Sands of Hulu's Marvel's The Runaways. Can't wait for it. really, really looking forward to this. Oh, one last thing. One more thing. Okay. Vince. Yes. Ryan Sands. Yes. Speaking of Ryan. Huge fan of the Michelle Mission, and we're very thankful for that. Yes, and we are huge fans of Runaways, so it's a mutual admiration society. Yes. But I have learned, and I think we've kind of like sussed it out via our conversations with Ryan, that he, too, is a bit of a comic book head. Yes, he is. Like us. Yes, he is. As well. Yes, he is. I have also learned that he is going to be a guest on a live podcast of another show that I happen to listen to. There's okay, this podcast nice. that I listen to called Geek History Lesson. Very nice. Uh, they they are in Los Angeles. Okay. So he's going to be a guest on one of their live shows. I think they're doing a, a convention out in Los Angeles in okay. the next couple of months. Excellent. So he's going to be a guest on their uh, for their live show. Okay. Okay? So, knowing that he's a huge comic book geek. Yes. Knowing that he listens to geeky podcasts. Yes. But also being aware that he is first and foremost, as far as me and you are concerned, yes. a show missionary. Yes, and we are quite proprietary. And I know how proprietary you are. Yes. I wanted to ask your permission. Yes. If I could reach out to Ryan Sands. Yes. About being on my comic book geek show, yes. The Black Tribbles. I'll allow it. You will allow it? I'll allow it. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll reach out to him, but I won't book him until after July 13th. Perfect. Okay? Perfect. So, Ryan, I would like for you to be on Black Tribbles Uh, after July 13th. So you can induct him into Tribble Nation on that show. Let me use my part time. (laughs) I only did it once on this show. Now you can be a Tribble. Tribble on your own time. You notice I I haven't inducted Dorian or Omar into right, the Tribble Nation. Right. Yeah, just Simone. It was just some, well. Uh, all right, all right, yeah. all right. Who's Misty Knight? Uh-huh. What kind of uh-huh. right. Yes, that's fine. Of course, we're Tribble One, Tribble True, all of us. Next week. Next week. For Mother May I. For Mother May. Speaking of comics, we are living in a moment where the Avengers. Are breaking all kinds of records, and and we're talking about wow, are we? We're talking about superhero films, and you and I, as superhero buffs, we love the Marvel universe and everything that Marvel has done. I think we would both agree that DC has had challenges having the type of success, yes, that Marvel has had with their films, and and you know we can debate the quality of films like the Justice League or or the various Superman films, and and many of us have. Yes. Debated the quality of DC's films. And, you know, we kind of stick to the Superman, Batman films. And, you know, every now and then an esoteric argument will come up about Green Lantern. But I submit that there is a DC superhero film that does not get 
the amount of critical attention that it should, not only for its weaknesses, but to talk about what could be better. You can lift your head up because that's right. A film came out in 1997 with Hill Harper, Judd Nelson, Shaft himself, Richard Roundtree, and starring as the title character Steele, one Shaquille O'Neal. Next week, as we finish Mother May I, we will talk about 1997's Steel. Okay. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Yeah. Hey, Lynn, Steel is streaming. <laughs> we don't have, I don't have to buy a DVD. Like, Steel is streaming for your streaming pleasure. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was is it on the Criterion <laughs> channel? You know, <laughs> this is terrible, and you shouldn't make fun of how people talk. But do you know how much I would pay to have a director's comment a commentary from Shaquille O'Neal for Steel? Mm. In this part right here, I was making some weapons. <laughs> Which movie do you think he's more embarrassed by? Steel or Kazam? Oh, Kazam. I've never seen either. So. Me either. Me either. But I'm just going by the cover. God, I hope he's more embarrassed by Kazam. Because I'm more embarrassed by Kazam. Yeah, it's pretty so. embarrassing. All right. So Steel next week here Steel. on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, get your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>